0: Greetings again, in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, the whole world is celebrating love. For some people, they call it Valentine's Day. However you call it, may your day today be filled with true love. Today, I'll discuss with you our series, on True Love, episode two. How do you love difficult people? Last week, I talked about the danger of counterfeit love, imitation love, because counterfeit love is very addictive. What do I mean? I'm reminded of what happened in Grand Canyon when the tourists began feeding deers with counterfeit food. What are these? Potato chips, cheese curls, candy. The deer became addicted to this kind of counterfeit food. They stopped learning how to eat real grass. And in the process, they became malnourished. They became so addicted that they don't know how to eat real food anymore. The ranger had no choice but to kill them. Why? Because counterfeit can be very attractive. And many young people today are attracted to counterfeit love. That's why it is my prayer for parents, for older their mature Christians, to teach young people what is true love. And you will never know counterfeit love until you know what is true love. The only way I can tell something true from something false or something false from something true is by first learning what is true. The same thing with counterfeit money. You will never know counterfeit money until you are familiar with what is true. So I came up with a simple chart to explain to you what is true love from counterfeit love. True love is unconditional commitment. It's volitional. Counterfeit is based on feelings. True love is towards imperfect people. Counterfeit love is a fantasy. Your object of love is a dream because there are no perfect people. Remember, true love is an unconditional commitment Towards imperfect people to seek their highest good, what's good for them. Counterfeit love is about self centeredness, it's about you. True love may often require sacrifice. Counterfeit love, personal pleasure. It's all about self. True love will honor God. Counterfeit love, it's all about self. So, what is true love? Unconditional commitment towards imperfect people to seek their highest good, which oftentimes requires sacrifice. And this will bring glory and honor to God. Do you find it hard to love? Do you find it even harder to love difficult people? I want you to examine yourself. How difficult are you? Please, don't think of others. Just think of yourself, for example, in this range of being difficult to love, let's examine ourselves. Some people are hard to love because they have different ideas and opinions. They're just different. For example, my wife and I are different. We look at things differently. I know some husbands, wives, the way they squeeze the toothpaste is different and some get irritated. Because they will always squeeze from the top. The other one will squeeze from the bottom. Well, these are minor things. The way you eat. The way you chew your food. What about oversensitive? Some people are difficult to love because they're oversensitive. They react quickly. You don't mean to say something, but they interpret it as you're criticizing them. Are you oversensitive? What about moody? Some people are moody. You don't really know how they're feeling. Are you moody? What about negative people? You know, some people, they always complain. They always grumble. They think of the worst. They hardly encourage people. It's all about what's wrong. What about critical and judgmental? You know, some people are super critical. They always focus on What's wrong with others? People with short temper, they easily get angry. They react immediately. These people are not easy to love. But to me, the hardest to love, they really don't like you. Enemies. They plan, they scheme to hurt you, to slander you. Don't think of others, just think of yourself. Are you like one of these? Our topic today is... When love is difficult, love like Christ. There are people that's harder to love. As Rick Warren once said, there are EGR, extra grace required to love certain people. Let us look at the perspective of Jesus. How do we love difficult people? Jesus tells us, But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you pray for those who mistreat you what i'm going to do i'm going to read the passages of scriptures taught by jesus and then i'll explain them later treat others the same way you want them to treat you if you love those who love you what credit is that to you for even sinners love those who love them if you do good to those Who do good to you? What credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies. Do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. He himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. Let me share with you what Jesus is saying. To love difficult people, you need to learn to love like Christ. I'm going to share with you how to love difficult people from the acronym CHRIST. C-H-R-I-S-T. The first thing you need to understand, when Jesus commands us, love your enemies. He's asking you to love difficult people is a choice. Jesus tells us, I say to you who hear, love your enemies. This command appeals to the will. Therefore, to love like Jesus, you have to understand it's a choice. It is a decision you have to make to obey Jesus. So love is a choice. It transcends feelings. Many times we are deceived by our feelings. The greatest challenge of true love is the myth of feeling. That true love is governed by feeling. Listen, when you hear people say, "I don't want to be a hypocrite," I cannot love that person because I don't feel it. That is absolutely not biblical. Because true love is a choice. It is not based on feeling. Can you just imagine if you're governed by feeling? Because you say you don't want to be a hypocrite. Many times we need to learn to say no to feeling because it is not right. My wife used to say, what is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is knowing something that is right and not doing it if you know that god wants us to love difficult people to love our enemies by not doing it because you are following your feeling that is a true hypocrite so it is important that we don't allow feeling to govern our choices i remember my wife when she was driving in the philippines she got so irritated Because in the States, they will follow rules. In the Philippines, people will cut and she will get so irritated. She even told me, I feel like throwing a hand grenade to the other car. The Lord told my wife, don't react to them, love them, pray for them. You love like a Christian, you drive like a Christian. To be governed by feelings is very dangerous. What do I mean? I remember my father-in-law, who was with the U.S. Marine. Then he became a Navy chaplain. And one of his jobs is to bring the wives of the soldiers from the States to Europe. Now, you have to understand, many of these wives have not had any sexual relationship with their husbands for a long time. And my father-in-law told me many of them would try to seduce him. And he told me, how he guarded himself. I asked him point blank, are you tempted? He said, of course, I'm tempted. But I asked myself, I process it. If I fall into that temptation, if I allow my feeling to control me, what will happen to my career? What will happen to my wife? What will happen to my family? And above all, what will happen to the reputation of the Lord Jesus? You see, true love is never governed by feelings. It's a choice. You must make a decision. Love is a choice. Second, it must become a habit. What kind of habit? We are all creatures of habit. Think about it. When you first wake up in the morning, what do you do? In my case, I drink a glass of water, I put in some food supplement. And then I go to my bed, I kneel down, I pray. These are habits. I walk, I exercise, I swim. You may not realize this. You are controlled by habits. Some habits are good, some are not good. The same thing when it comes to love. You have developed certain habits. For some people, they react with difficult people. It's automatic. They withdraw. For some people, they counterattack. They raise their voice. There are certain habits you have developed when it comes to loving difficult people. Let us look at what Jesus has to say. What do we mean by habit? The habit of loving like Jesus. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Grammatically, this is a command. Present tense, keep loving them. How do you love them? Notice, do good. Grammatically, it's a command. Keep on doing good. Not just do good once a day. Keep on doing good to them. What else? Bless. Keep blessing those who curse you. Again, present imperative tense. Keep on blessing them. The word blessing is to wish them well. Keep on wishing them well. Think of how you can be a blessing to them. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray. Present imperative tense. Keep on praying until it becomes a habit. And the truth is this. Many Christians don't realize you need to develop good habits, especially in loving people. The power of developing good habits is usually underestimated by many Christians. Because when we disciple people, we don't teach them to develop good habits. Habits must be developed by practice and practice and practice until it becomes second nature. What do I mean? Let me give you an example of this world famous coach. His name is Tony Dungey. Tony Dungey was the first African-American coach to lead the football team in the World Series championship game, and he became the first to win the World Series. He is also in the Hall of Fame. Now, what was his secret? When he took over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were a losing team. But he decided to introduce his effective method. It's called developing habits. He taught them certain plays until it became a habit. His theory is this. In the actual game, by the time you think it's too late, he wants his players to act with instinct. Why? Because they mastered certain habits. The owner of the team was not so impressed at first until they began winning. Why? The power of habits that can only be acquired through practice. Let me ask you. Do you have any habits that you have developed when it comes to loving people? I'm gonna show you a picture of three famous athletes. You know all of them. You know Steph Curry, you know Tiger Woods, and you know Michael Phelps. Let me ask you a question. What's so unique about the three of them? They're good at their respective sports. Not just good, they are excellent. But what's a common denominator? Not just excellence. They practice and practice and practice. They are disciplined. People don't realize Steph Curry would practice for hours. He would shoot thousands of balls. Tiger Woods would practice hours. Go to the gym, hit balls, go to the driving range. Michael Phelps, I was shocked. He would swim 80 kilometers a week, over 10 kilometers a day. I'm just thinking, for me, to swim one kilometer a day, and I swim almost every day. I'm tired already, just one kilometer a day. These guys practice, practice, and practice. The Apostle Paul understood the meaning of practice. Paul said, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way to avoid hitting the air. Now, this is the important part. I strictly discipline my body, make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. You see, Paul understood the meaning of discipline. Paul says, I strictly discipline my body. You want to be a good athlete? You need to practice. You want to be a good pianist? You practice. You want to be a good singer, you practice. You want to be a good Christian, you practice. You want to be a good lover, you practice. For me, I've developed certain habits when it comes to loving difficult people. When there are difficult people around me or they say things to provoke me, I practice keeping quiet. I practice speaking in a gentle voice. I make sure I don't raise the tone of my voice, or raise the volume. That's my habit. I keep quiet first. The habit of thinking the best of others. When people are acting in a funny way, I like to think that there must be something that's ongoing. They are not really like that, but perhaps circumstances are bad. I've learned also the practice of forgiveness. It has become a habit. When you are with difficult people, and they cause irritation, or they say bad things about you, learn the habit of forgiveness. I've discovered hurt people hurt others. Empty people, they empty others. Learn to practice the habit of empathy. Have you developed any habit? Practice good habits in loving people. The next principle of loving like Christ is reach out. Many times, we retreat from people. You need to practice this habit of reaching out. Not withdraw. Not retreat. What do I mean? Jesus tells us, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. That is Jesus. Notice. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. This is different from philosophers like Confucius. What you do not want done to you, do not do to others. It seems almost the same, but it is different. What do I mean? Jesus said, do to others as you want them to do to you. What is the big difference? The others, it's all about passivity and being negative. Don't steal from me because I don't steal from you. Do not do to others as you don't want them to do to you. But Jesus is different. Jesus is saying, do to others as you want them to do to you. Let me give you an example. If you see somebody driving a car and then there's a flat tire, what will you do? It's only in the teaching of Jesus that will compel you to stop and help that driver with a flat tire. You know why? Because Jesus said, do to others as you want them to do to you. It's proactive. It is reaching out. When you see somebody hungry, what do you do? Well, according to Jesus, do to them as you want them to do to you. If you're hungry, what do you want people to do? To do to you you want them to feed you and that's why the command the teaching of jesus is really to reach out to others not passivity jesus tells us if you only love those who love you what credit is that to you even sinners love those who love them notice if you do good to those who do good to you What credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. In other words, God has given us a different standard. I've heard of many sincere Christians who are not discipled properly. You know what they tell me? I've forgiven the person, but I will not want to meet that person again. What are they doing? They are not reaching out because they don't understand what is true love. I remember a leader. There were some disagreements, some misunderstandings. I reached out, and I was shocked. The person doesn't want to talk to me. So what do we mean by reach out? I did my best. I would text. On his birthday, I would send greetings. On Christmas, I would send gifts. But you know what? I can only do so much. No response. But you see, love is reaching out. Are you reaching out? As somebody once said, civility and tolerance are low standards. Jesus did not say, tolerate your enemies. Jesus did not say tolerate difficult people. Jesus tells us, love them. Go out of your way. Love them. You answer, hatred with love. To love like Christ, you must practice. Inspect yourself. What do we mean by inspect yourself? Many times... We want to inspect others. The Bible tells us, Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the lug that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye and look. The log is in your own eye. Jesus is an amazing teacher he can illustrate something that is very powerful. You know what he's saying? He says many times we are very gracious to ourselves. We give allowance to ourselves. We judge ourselves based on our intention. But we judge others critically based on their actions. We give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. You know what people will say? Well, you know, That was my intention. I did not mean to do that. But when others make the same mistake, you criticize them, you judge them. Let me ask you how are you doing? How do you assess yourself? Will you answer this question what is it like to live with me? Think about it what is it like to live with you? Are you moody? Are you self-centered? Are you entitled? Are you always grumbling? Are you always finding fault? Do you have a short fuse? Do you get angry? Where people have tiptoe around you? Are you difficult to live with? The truth is we are all difficult people at times, especially when we are not controlled by the Holy Spirit. That is why it is important to examine yourself and to always be controlled by the Holy Spirit. The next principle I want to share with you is to love like Jesus, you need to understand the principle of surrendering. What do we mean by surrender? To surrender is not passivity. When Jesus tells us, love your enemies and do good, And land, expecting nothing in return. Notice, expecting nothing in return. What is Jesus saying? You do your part and let God do his part. To surrender does not mean you do nothing. S stands for surrender. You pray, you supplicate. You have to entrust them to the Lord because you cannot change people. Only God can change people. You need to learn to surrender them. And then you need to surrender your response to the Lord. Let go and let God. Many people get exasperated, get discouraged because they fail to understand. We are only responsible for what we can control. Control what is within your control and surrender to God what is outside your control. So what is within your control? Your response, your words, your actions, your attitude. What is outside your control? How they behave, how they react. That's outside your control. Surrender that to God. Let me give you an example. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head that is Christ notice to be like Christ learn to speak the truth in love why is this a challenge many times we're afraid to speak the truth we're afraid of hurting people true love is surrendering you surrender the outcome to the Lord but you and I are commanded to speak the truth in love but just to speak the truth can become harsh some people are so focused on truth there's no love some people focuses on love but not the truth so to surrender you must follow the ways of the Lord and be willing to entrust the outcome to the Lord. I praise God for my wife. My wife is a very good example of speaking the truth in love. Many times she would open up to me. She will guard the tone of her voice, the volume of her voice, but she speaks the truth. It's painful at times, but it's the truth. And because of my wife's example, I have learned and I'm still learning How to speak the truth in love. The truth is this many times, I would rather keep quiet. But when I do that, I'm not surrendering the outcome to the Lord. Do you realize that we can learn to disagree agreeably? Learn to discuss things. But love people. Gentle. Kindness. Leave the outcome to the Lord. Remember, only God can change the hearts of people. What is your part when you surrender people to the Lord? Ephesians chapter 4 tells, tells us, amazing. He tells us our part. My part is to get rid of all bitterness, wrath, anger, glamour, slander must be removed from you. Along with all malice. That's my part. I get rid of them. What is my part? Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, as God in Christ has forgiven you. So to surrender people to the Lord, you let go and let God, you do your part. And let God do the transformation. Remember, only God can change lives. I'd like you to hear the testimony of all our brothers. His name is Bien Santos. Let's hear him out.
1: I was a struggling drug dependent who felt lost and hopeless. It started when my family went through a very traumatic experience when my two daughters were sexually molested. I was angry, bitter and resentful. The feeling of inadequacy and failure to protect my girls consistently haunted me. The drugs would give temporary relief and make the pain go away but only during the moments when I was high, only to return when the drugs were off. I felt so little of myself, especially when my own family seemed to have nothing to do with me. My life was spiraling down really fast. I just did not care anymore. All that mattered was how to get the next fix. My wife, who was pregnant with our third child, did not give up on me. As I was busy doing my thing, the Lord was busy building her faith as she met a lady who befriended and discipled her. God is so good that I would like to think that He put that special lady in her path so my wife could put up with me. Despite my being an irresponsible husband and father, she continued to stay with me and pray for me. One day, she invited me to attend a D group, and out of curiosity, I went. And met her lady friend and her husband, who is our D group leader and now a full time pastor. This lovely couple who welcomed this druggie into their home put up with me for four long years. They were kind and accommodating. The D group meetings always had so much food. People were always smiling and happy. I wanted that to laugh and be happy without the drugs. My wife's friend and her husband would always welcome me with a big hug each week. Her lady friend would open personally invite me to come back the following week to, and promise to cook my favorite patatim. That definitely made me come back. They would reach out many times and were always glad to see me. I felt the warmth and acceptance I have not felt in a very long time. First Peter 4 verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I am a recipient of such love from the Lord Jesus and from people he sent my way. There were times when I would disrupt the Bible study with meaningless comments that I made heads spin in confusion. But they were patient, kind, and continued to love me despite my horrible attitude. Their unconditional love and acceptance overwhelmed me. I praise the Lord for such people who never gave up on me but continued to pray for me, encourage me, and walk me through this difficult journey. This couple have been such an inspiration because they not only loved and supported me, but also took care of my wife and family. They were with her during the wee hours of the morning in the hospital when she gave birth. Her lady friend was even in the labor room with her. I was in rehab for six months, and all throughout until this present day, Through ups and downs, they are there for me. They were God with skin on. Through them, I felt the love of God for me. By, By the grace of God, He has used my wife and I to disciple other couples who have likewise experienced deep struggles in their marriage and family. I am a recipient of God's unconditional love and grace, and I am training my disciples to do the same, to go the extra mile and to love difficult people with God's grace. Truly, our God is faithful. My name is Bien Santos, a recipient of God's love. All praise and glory to his name. You will notice our brother, Bien,
0: was sharing how difficult it must have been for his family to love him. Why? He was into drugs, all kinds of problems. But remember, you let God handle the outcome. Your part is to love. The family members love bien. When you surrender, you also need to learn, you need to be thankful. Thankful for the situation. Have you ever thanked the Lord for the difficult people in your life? To surrender is you thank the Lord. You know why? Because by faith, you know that God Uses all kinds of people, especially difficult people to transform us, to mold us. I always tell husbands and wives that you are God's gift to each other, not just for encouragement, but as God's instrument to mold your character. I know you and I, we don't like God to be chiseling us. But do you know who is the one chiseling us? You will think it's difficult people. Behind the difficult people... You must see the hand of God. God is always at work. He uses difficult people. So to surrender means what? Entrust that person to the Lord. Entrust the outcome to the Lord. And above all, be thankful for the situation. And be thankful for the people. Keep praying for them. It's almost impossible to hate somebody if you keep praying for that person. Keep entrusting that person to the Lord. To love like Christ, you must understand it's a choice, it's a decision. Transcends feelings. Feeling may come, but that is not the basis. Habit, you need to practice. Because we are creatures of bad habits, you need good habits. Practice how to respond in love. Reach out. Don't retreat. Inspect yourself. Don't be critical of others. Look within. What do you need to change? Ask God to examine your heart. Surrender. Surrender the situation to the Lord. Surrender the person to the Lord. Surrender yourself to the Lord. Surrender the outcome to the Lord. And lastly, through the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, without the power of God, it's impossible. You know, the Bible tells us the love of Christ has been Poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which was given to us. Notice the context of this verse. Hope does not disappoint. You know why? You will never give up hope. Why? Because the love of God, God's love, has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us. In short, this kind of love is from God. What kind of love? Amazing love. While we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. The word ungodly can be translated as wicked. While we're still bad, while we're still helpless at the right time, Jesus died for the ungodly. God demonstrates His own love toward us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know this? It's a choice. Love is action. God demonstrates His love. By dying for us on the cross while we were still helpless, Christ died for us. Can you imagine God loves you so much? He sent Jesus to die for you. Somebody share this with me. If you are the only person left in this world, Jesus would have come And he would have died for you. Such is the love of God. Can I share with you the root sin of most Christians? The root sin is not that we do not love God, but we do not love him enough. We don't love him with our whole heart. And by not loving him with our whole heart, we are not able to love one another. Why? Because you have not experienced the love of God. You need to grow in that area. As we close, let me share with you a true story that was shared with me, and I had permission to share this with you. My wife and I have a dear friend who discovered that her husband was being unfaithful. Now, it's one thing to be unfaithful once or twice, but this unfaithfulness has been going on for over 20 years. So she came to us for counseling. And when my wife and I counseled her, it resonated in her heart that she should follow our counsel. What was our counsel? We said you made a promise before God in good times, in bad times, in good health or in bad, for richer or for poorer. Whatever circumstances Till death do you part. So our counsel is, stay. Keep on loving your husband. For the sake of Jesus. She applied this principle. But her friends were counseling her, leave your husband. In fact, her best friend told her, I will no longer be your best friend. Because you are not separating from your husband. You are condoning your husband. But you see, she understood her role is to do her part. She was firm. She told her husband how she felt. But she did not kick her husband away. She did not leave her husband. But her husband knew that she was saddened. She was in pain. The husband told her, I cannot promise you I will never womanize again because my track record is so bad. And when this girl came to us, my wife and I counseled her. It is not your problem. Do not seek your security from His promises. You must find your security in the love of God, not in the faithfulness of your husband. What did she do? She kept on loving her husband. This man realized he was not a real Christian, even though he has been attending his church for over 20 years. He said, I'm the best counterfeit Christian. But by the grace of God, he began listening to CCF. And by the grace of God, God convicted him. He made a decision to let go of his mistress and to make a commitment. To love his wife. And this is what he said. My prayer is, "For the rest of my life, I will learn to love you as you have loved me." You see, the power of the love of Christ. It can transform lives. To love difficult people is not easy. We must learn to love like Jesus. You need to grow. We need to grow to love difficult people. I want to close with this verse to encourage us and to know something about how to love difficult people. 1 John 4, 19, 20. We love because He first loved us. Meaning, to be able to love like Christ, we must experience his love we love because he first loved us you cannot give what you don't have it's hard to love difficult people until you experience god's love if you find it hard to love if you find it hard to forgive and i know there are some of you you have to examine your heart have you experienced the forgiveness of god if you have experienced the forgiveness of god why is it hard for you to forgive others? If you have experienced the love of God, then you should be able to love difficult people. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. In other words, it is possible to say, I love God. And God is saying, you are a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, in other words, anybody, the disciples asked Jesus, who is my brother? He know, Jesus explained to them, even the Samaritan is your brother. Even the people who is your enemy, they are your brothers. Created in the image of God. The one who cannot love his brother whom he has seen. Cannot love God whom he has not seen. The evidence of learning to love God is what? Are we able to love difficult people? And I want to pray for you. That if you find it hard to love difficult people, I'd like you to pray a simple prayer. Pray that you will receive God's love, God's forgiveness, so that his Holy Spirit will fill your heart with his love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I need to learn to grow in learning how to love difficult people. Lord, I want to experience this kind of love. Today, I receive you, Jesus Christ, into my heart. I accept your unconditional pardon and forgiveness for my sins. Lord, I realize you love me, you died for me, and that you have forgiven me. I now accept this gift of forgiveness. I now accept the gift of forgiveness. A new life. Will you, Jesus, help me grow so I can learn to love others the way you love me? Help me to grow in learning to love difficult people as you have loved me. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen and amen. If this has been a blessing to you, we'd like to hear from you. Kindly click on the space provided below. In a short while, We will have discussion, questions, and fast track. Stay tuned. Because next week, there will be episode three. The expansion of how to love difficult people. God bless you.